thanks for uh thanks for having me on. Definitely excited always to talk about uh the Foverse. Yeah, this episode has been uh, a long time in the making, but uh, get a lot because I'm unhealthy and unreliable, and Pete actually has a life. So, I mean, you uh, definitely have a life. You definitely have a life too. I mean, newborns are no joke. <laughs> oh man, and I was. It came down to the wire too because I was literally just rocking him right before I came down to. I'm in my car. I always record in my car, but I'm in my car because that way he doesn't hear me and I don't wake him up as I talk loud. Because exactly, um, I'm hearing. I'm hard of hearing. So the, the life lesson there is kids wear earplugs when you go to shows, especially if you're playing in them. <laughs> so I got Pete here from rage quit wire. I wanted to uh, just kind of get into his brain a little bit and his background about a basement meta. So as the listeners probably know, it's pretty much just my buddy Dane and I that, that play together. There just isn't anybody else in this area. Everybody's burned from, um, the transition from 2E to 3E, there's a bunch of angry henchmen that have swore weird. You know, tale as old as time. I've heard it pretty much everywhere that I've been. In the San Diego meta, it was the same thing. <clears throat> and during the pandemic, it was really easy for my buddy and I to get together because Dane works in um, the ophthalmology department with me. And so we were with each other all the time anyway. So um, we just played together every Saturday morning. It was just the two of us. So from what I understand, is it is that basically how it was for you and Chris? It was pretty much just you two playing through the when COVID first hit and the world ended? Yeah, it's actually been interesting because traditionally we have a pretty decent tabletop group in Charleston, South Carolina. But for some reason, especially with COVID and with downfall of Guild Ball, everybody kind of just split their own ways. And everybody's kind of gone through these like you know, phases of we're going to try, you know, crisis protocol. We're going to try, you know, X-Wing. So Chris and I have, uh, there's another person that introduced me to Malifaux. Uh, he just ends up working a lot, but I ended up getting Chris into it because War Machine kind of went south. So I've known Chris for a long time. Um, we started playing, uh, met each other while we were playing War Machine, probably about, you know, eight years ago now at this point. But yeah, and it's just gotten to the point where everybody's kind of doing their own thing. We have some people that are flipping cards, playing like Commander and stuff. So uh, it's just, he. I would say there are people that play um, play Malifaux besides us, but the, the person that I'm going to get games from the most is going to be him. I could probably get one game a month with somebody else, but most part, if I want a game to practice stuff, it's going to be against him. I'm kind of at one game a month right now if I'm lucky, but it's probably going to start picking up here soon how often do you and chris play uh so if we're gearing up for a tournament we play probably at least two times a week uh if it's just kind of like hey there's nothing coming up in the next couple months probably once a week you play at your house yeah so we haven't gotten to the point of playing in the store again which we definitely need to transition to it's a little challenging when you have kids because I have my lifestyle and he, he uh, shares custody with his uh, daughter. So the week that he has his daughter, he's not going places. So it's just more convenient for us to play at home, which is kind of part of the problem when you just have two people. Yeah. And you know, my, uh, my gaming partner has really awesome like terrain and stuff. He backs like all dwarven oh, yeah. forge, So our tables always look great. So it's, we play in his basement most of the time, but <clears throat> sometimes in mine, um, and yeah, we don't play in, we just don't play in the store. Like we just, busy. he has four kids that are extremely active and 
I have one and I'm old, tired, grumpy, and broken. So I don't just don't have the energy. Yeah. And I blame part of that on the stores still. Uh, it, de- it definitely depends on where you're playing. But for example, the store we like to play in, they, I mean, they pretty much close around like eight o'clock. I think in the summer they're talking about staying open until nine o'clock at night. And I'm like, I get off work at six. So by the time I get there set up, maybe we get halfway through a game of Malifaux. So it's not exactly a, a great scenario, even if we went into a store. What I don't, you know, not to get too much in the, in the weeds here, but I actually, I didn't listen to Rage Quit during, in the Guild Ball days. Mm-hmm. Um, what like your, so I don't, I don't, I'm not familiar with much of your past before Malifaux kind of what's your, uh, briefly, can you tell me like, what's your origin story when it comes to the hobby? I mean, sure. I've been playing uh, tabletop games since I was probably early high school. So, I mean, we're talking back in like 1999, I, I picked up my first like 40 K miniatures and I pretty much played 40 K all the way up till probably about 2016. Um, but oh, that okay. was, yeah, that was right around the time though. I also played a lot of fantasy and Warhammer fantasy got killed off. And that's mm-hmm. when I, I, I definitely was just like, you know, FGW at that point. And I ended up selling all my Warhammer stuff. I sold all my 40 K stuff. And when I moved out here, there's not really a huge 40 K group. So I didn't feel the need to go back to that, but there was a good war machine group. So then I started getting into war machine Played that pretty competitively for about three or four years. Switched to Guild Ball sometime, um, not too far after that. And then, uh, yeah, and then got into uh, Malifaux in 2020. So I've been been playing a lot of tabletop games for a long time. Yeah, actually, I don't know if I've got really into this, but I started in the hobby in like 2010. Whenever the Space Marine video game came out for PS3. Yeah, that was a cool game. I was like, I remember seeing, seeing Warhammer miniatures in the game store in the mall, like in like the eighties and nineties. So <clears throat> we went to the games workshop bunker in like orange California. And my wife was looking at this stuff and like all painted up. She's like, you should do this. Of course. Yeah. Worst mistake she's ever made right there. Right. <laughs> so, yep. yeah, but I was, I actually, so here's the problem. Yeah, good. I'm, uh, I, this is probably shocking, but I actually have like crippling social anxiety. <laughs> so like, playing a game in a store with people I don't know, like it just wouldn't happen. So I was really more into painting for years Yeah, because I, oh, I would I go into the uh, store to like buy stuff and look at stuff. And somebody yeah, would ask me, Hey, what are you community. into? What are you painting? You, what are you doing? You were the nerds that I targeted. I mean, cause I always ran groups. Um, it's just something I've always done. So I'd see people come in and buy stuff and I'd be like, Oh yeah, you should come out and get a game. And you know, you're the kind of nerd I'd try to entice out a little, you know, a little, little here and there. Yeah, people would do that. They were trying to be nice, but I would like immediately leave the store. <laughs> <clears throat> Which I know it's like hard to believe because like I was like I was in like bands and I like played like, like all this stuff and I just like have horrible I work in, a, in the medical field where I'm interacting with the patients like every day. I don't know. It just it's the paradoxes me. I don't know. I did play some first edition and some um second edition, but there was only one dude in the local meta at San, in San Diego that played it. So the the pandemic hits you and Chris. I assume you guys still pretty much played like normal through the pandemic. So it was kind of weird because when the pandemic first started, Chris was actually still playing War Machine at that point and still kind of playing some different games. Uh, I was actually playing with the guy that introduced it to me. I got a couple other buddies that picked up some stuff, so I played with them. So at, during that point, 
I was kind of just playing pickup games here and there, went to a couple of events. Uh, when the pandemic hit, I was doing more God tier than I was anything else. And oh, yeah. then during the pandemic, that's when Guild Ball got killed off. So that's when I was just like anti Steam, uh, Steam Forge, just anything. So dropped the online God tier, dropped the painting on that stuff, and just went straight into uh, straight into War Machine. And I'd say probably about. 2021 uh probably late 2020 probably chris finally got into the game i i got him into it and he really liked the mechanics i dodged a major bullet with guild ball man i whenever i would get into a new game system i would load up my cart on miniature market and then i'd let it sit overnight for me to think of it literally the day after i did that the announcement came out that guild ball was <laughs> was being killed off <laughs> yeah I was like, oh boy. That was rough. I mean, and it was bad because, I mean, Guild Ball, we always had a huge community of people that played Guild Ball. So that definitely wasn't a basement meta because we always had like anywhere from eight to 20 players, depending on the the stretch. That sounds awesome. So, like, are you and Chris like friends? Do you guys like hang out and do other stuff besides Malifaux? Oh, yeah. He comes over. Uh... I made him, uh, well, I didn't make him. My wife made him some lasagna and he like helped us like hang some ceiling fans and stuff. And he'll come over. I'll go over and hang out with him and his daughter. So yeah, we definitely hang out all the time. Yeah, that's cool. I, I've been trying to, <clears throat> I need to get Dane out to maybe do some like bowling and Brecker family crossover yeah. dinners or something. Because <clears throat> his kids are like really cool. He has a really, he, I'm like super jealous of his family. I just have like, they're, they're like the like perfect family. They've been on like covers of magazines and stuff. Yeah. I think when you just are playing a game system with like a friend, you don't always want to play the game. You don't want that to be like the center point of the relationship because if you get tired of the game, it's like, well, we don't have to fucking hang out anymore, but um, <laughs> it kind know, of is the center for us, which is probably, which is mo probably mostly, my fault but we both love love the game a lot so you know i've yeah. talked about on the show like our there are times I, I became like very very competitive because he kicked 30 games that we played yeah yeah so like, i was like on this quest to be able to like prove to myself that i uh, that i could win and it was um it got kind of it got kind of bad because I, I was getting pretty salty but then we kind of it, it's kind of um turned around to be more even so <clears throat> you pretty much got into pandemic was like it was there wasn't a whole lot of tournaments going on so you're just playing with with chris it sounds like we're um <clears throat> yeah i mean we were definitely getting our like we were definitely getting our like weekly games in and stuff luckily we live in you know south carolina so georgia actually opened up like super quick after like everybody was freaking out so actually like october 2020 we were going to tournaments again so we oh, just have okay. to travel oh, wow. for them yeah charleston's also in a weird spot where if i want to put on a tournament i have to actually put it on either columbia or greenville because it's easier to get people from different metas because there's only us down here in charleston uh, okay i was thinking about trying to put on a tournament it's just getting the getting the i don't know gumption to do it i guess because i'll get absolutely no local support but you know so i'd be basically asking people online to travel like a long way. I, I don't know. Yeah. And I think when you're in a small meta, like if you want to run an event like that, 
finding a good central location for the pockets of gamers that you know. So like I said, we've been putting them on in Greenville and Greenville has a couple of new players. And then some of the North Carolina people will come down. Like last time we got Cody Hyatt and a couple of players from there to come down. Uh, We have people from Atlanta come up. So I think when you have a smaller, like just a basement meta, as you call it, Mm -hmm. you you just got to connect with those other pockets of Malifaux and then meet up in central locations for events to kind of create and enjoy. Yeah. And I'm hoping I'll be able to do that before like fourth edition drops. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) And my kid old enough to be able to to be a little, a little less, um, I don't know, time and energy intensive. I don't know. So maybe in like 20 years, we'll see. I was going to say when they turn 18, maybe. Yeah. Right. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so one one thing I wanted to ask you about is <clears throat> if you're pretty much I mean I know your area opened up pretty quick but did you have any sense of okay am I good at this game or am I bad at this game only having played one person? Uh so I think you just have to look at who you're gaming with and your gaming experience. As far as when I first started playing Malifaux, I knew I wasn't good at the game because I was being very basic with the mechanics. I was just like, okay, I'm going to go punch this person in the face. And I didn't worry too much about things like scheming. I was like, F that, I want to punch people. (laughs) So basically, I knew I wasn't good. And when I was playing Chris, I could tell we were just kind of doing some goofy stuff. But when we actually started kind of putting the reps in and putting things together... I mean, we, you can tell when you're getting getting the hang of it and you're doing some dirty things. Like when it feels like it's busted, that's when you know it's like, okay, we're starting to do some real things here. It is, I definitely, if you are in a basement meta and you're just playing with one or two other people, I would definitely say to travel though. Because even though Chris and I are decent at Malifaux, like, I mean, if we're going to, let's just say there's 100 people playing Malifaux in the United States and you go to an event, Chris and I will finish somewhere in the probably top 20. We're, I mean, we're pretty decent. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're not, but I would say go to those like events, though, out of state or regional events, because you learn different tricks. Like there's ways I've seen people play stuff that I play. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of different and neat. And then you get some ideas on how you can play and incorporate that into your play style. So definitely you can tell that, yeah, I'm, I'm getting pretty good at this game but you're probably missing some tricks that you haven't thought about. Right. And so pretty much what what I'm thinking I'll have to do is um, I'll probably have to start playing some Vassal. Nah, you don't have to do that. Well, you know, it's, it's what's better, no Malifaux at all or Vassal? Uh, No Malifaux. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's because so Malifaux, so Dane has no interest in Vassal whatsoever. Uh, Good man. He'll, I mean, he'll go as far as to say, like, it's not, it's not, it's not the really, the real game or whatever. And I actually mostly, I actually mostly agree. It's just that I'm kind of, I just really want to play. And um, it's fantastic. Uh, There's people that love it and they love getting their reps that way. I would rather, because in the three to four hours, it's going to take you to play a vassal game. I can just go over to Chris's house, drink a beer and we can get, you know, three to four turns in and and that's that's more fun to me i i'm i like going and hanging with people i don't like just grinding out reps oh i totally i i would absolutely agree yeah that would be great what i'm thinking is like you know on like nights like this where baby's in bed wife's chilling decompressed day of uh, of you know screaming child that's another thing you just got to see where you kind of are i mean there was um there was a time period there when we first you know, adopted our son where 
I wasn't doing like hard. Like I just, after a certain point, I'm like, okay, I can't game like this for a while. Like I used to game, you know, four times, times a week, like before we had our son. But when you get like a family and you got things going on, you just got to adjust fire. And it's like, you can't, you know, you can't get, get what, what you used to do when you were a younger man. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, I know. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> yeah. Once a week during like 2020 and 2021 was, was pretty nice. I'd be pretty, I'd be pretty happy with like twice a month. <laughs> like I'd be, I'd be okay with that. So yeah, I, mean, I, you know, I try to do at least once a week because it is good to kind of balance your lifestyle and just, you know, have like a you time. So once a week is definitely something I try to strive for. Um, and like I said, twice a week, I, I don't try to do much more than that nerd wise, just because, you know, you got to balance it with the family. Yeah. And what I'll try to do is take him with me. Cause we play at Dane's house. Sometimes I'll take Asher with me to just kind of, so Sean has like quiet, quiet time. So. Wait, but I tell you what, Mal Malifaux is a great game for a basement meta though, because every game feels different. It's just, it's, it's pretty unique how the game does that. Yeah, it actually, I was, that was going to be my other question. Did you get bored playing the same person over and over again? I did not because, like I said, just switching out a master or teching in a different pick or putting a different board up and then changing the pool out every time, the games are just drastically different each time. It's it, I, I don't get tired of it personally because it's like a new puzzle every time. And then also just talking about after game, we're like, well, you know, you probably should have done this or, you know, that was probably a better scheme to take and, it just it's more interesting to me than other games i've played like if i did this with 40k i'd be like no thanks it's like oh there's no way we've played this before we know that you know <laughs> your tyranid outflank list is going to destroy me every time oh yeah and it helps that you know dane's my buddy i call him my hetero life mate and i always say like i love him more than he loves me but it's okay i'll take what i can get <laughs> it's very jane silent bob of you But yeah, it's pretty fun. So he's he did Malifaux the right way. He like picked like a few masters and just grinded reps out with them. Whereas like I can count on probably one hand how many masters I played more than once. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just really kidding. interesting when we first got in the game because we were both trying to see what we liked playing. So we're also we're discovering like lists and factions and crews and uh, so it's all it's definitely been interesting at this point we both own pretty much everything except for the new titles that are coming out uh -huh. so i mean if, if we wanted to be like hey i'm going to test out this 10 thunder thing i'm curious about and that'll be different we'll both kind of like talk it out and be like oh look at this dirty thing you can do over here yeah you started playing neverborn right so i kind of had this weird track so i ended up playing outcasts first and then I got some Neverborn stuff for my son to paint. So then I started playing that for a little bit. And then I switched to Bayou. And then, actually, I think I played Bayou before Neverborn. But, and then I ended up coming back to Bayou. And now I, I've come back to Outcast. So I've kind of kept going around. But I like Bayou and Outcast out of everything I've played so far. Yeah, if you were to know me personally, you'd think that I would um, probably play Rezzers and never never look back i'm the like major like metalhead love death metal and stuff like that so you think it'd be like all about the resers but like they're they're a great faction they like have everything but like I, I, i'll play them once i'll be really excited about it i'll play once i'm like okay and then i get it out of my system and then i go and I play other things well you know you gotta you gotta explore a little bit and then you know you come back to your base yeah i really loved um never born for a while but um 
<clears throat> I really sucked with them. And then I played Explorers when they came out and I kind of found my, my stride with like being like super aggressive. So when we first played, it's like, I didn't understand the basic concepts of the game, like scheming yeah. and things like that. Whereas like Dane already had it down. Like he understood yeah. the, the whole schemes. He knew all of them. Like he would, I wouldn't even forget the pool most of the time. I mean, I, I still do that. I'll still be like, wait, what schemes did I take? You know, it's turn two. I'm like, how am I scoring this? Yeah, I would declare like schemes at like the wrong time. He's like, what, what, what are you doing? I'm like, <laughs> wait, I'm like, well, I did this. He's like, no, that's not how that works. I'm like, oh crap. Or like <laughs> you have things that you're supposed to, that you're supposed to declare as you score it or like, as you do the thing and vice versa. I'm like, like, yeah. like, oh gosh, like hidden Mars would be like, okay, well you just killed my hidden martyr. I don't See, I'm still messing it up. <laughs> but yeah, so it just, it was like a uphill battle till I kind of figured out how the game works and, you know, hey, you're bad at a game. Why not start a podcast about it? Sure, why not? Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of the interesting thing is you don't have to be even good at a game to talk about it. I mean, I definitely encourage people to create content just because people are always looking for it. Some people, I mean, even when we were recording our first episodes on like an actual recorder, and then we take it's like it had a USB thing you plugged in, and then you took the file. Uh, I mean, we had maybe like 60 people listen to that first episode. And I mean, now we've gotten somewhere up to, I don't know, it's like probably longevity. It's probably closer to like 700 an episode after it's been out for a while. But, you know, it's just you got to start it, be consistent with it and just be passionate about it. And people people will dig your content. Oh, yeah. I just love hearing the froth, though. So Rage Wire is my favorite podcast. And what I appreciate about Rage Wire is that you get you put out content consistently. And it's like it really doesn't even like really matter what the topic is. I just like hearing people froth about Malifaux. It doesn't even have to be like ultra cerebral like okay these are the most of the times these are my multiple small units yada 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 like it doesn't not everything has to be like you know swamp fiends level of uh, of like digging in and and talking about stuff <clears throat> i love that for what it is but i also just love hearing the like people talk about the games they've played with their friends and yep. the, the crazy stuff that they've tried yeah and i mean i'm not even ever looking for ideal things i mean and playing just like getting reps against Chris, you start to figure out play styles and you start to figure out models that you, you know, you can call them crutches or you can call them ultra reliable, whatever you want to call them. But you'll start to be like, oh, yeah, you know, Chris is always going to bring, you know, Barkus here. Or, oh, yeah, Chris is going to bring, you know, Vasilisa or whatever her name is. So it, it just you start <laughs> to learn that people have like pet models that they like. And that's what makes the game interesting because, you know, I've been known to drop Burt Jepsen on the table and people are like, oh, he's trash. It's like, oh, well, you know, mess around and find out. <laughs> I There's definitely the gotcha of taking the model that you would never think people would it would bring. Like I talked about it before. I took a an all nightmare crew with Zoraida and it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it, that's the interesting thing about it is play styles are so unique in Malifaux just because you can switch up and make a really crazy list that nobody would expect. And sometimes it'll work and sometimes it it's terrible. It just depends on, uh, you know, how, how you roll it. That's kind of the interesting thing with playing with like one other person is Dane and I have extremely different um, uh, tastes when it comes to masters. Like he's, he really loves outcasts and 10 thunders. 
Um, the, the only master that we have crossover with as far as interest is zip and we play them. We play zip completely differently. Yeah. He's pretty flexible master. So that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. I, I played him very aggressively. I took war pigs out of keyword because they're, yeah, you play some weird stuff though. What's that? Then you play some weird stuff though. I do. I just, I kind of have to, you know, get Dane to expect the unexpected because you, you can't like, you can't play the bog standard against him. He's just, he's too dang smart. He'll, he figures out everything and he knows where he's really good at shutting <laughs> down. So like Dane, Dane will go to a tournament and be like, Oh, this is what it's like to play against normal people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so like I was for a while, just like, you know, listening to third floor wars and like yeah. it comes to mind where I'm like, okay, this is how you do the alpha with valedictorian. And he completely shut me down and we, we, we re-racked after the first turn. Yeah, I think that, and that's a good point, that when you're learning, especially in a base of meta, it's good to, like, if you listen to a podcast or watch YouTube, it's good to get a base idea of, like, okay, here's a general list you can bring, but then definitely start tweaking it to your liking. You know, that way you kind of customize it more to your play style, and it usually works out better that way. Yeah, and, and I've, I've said it before regarding that that war pig that I, I took in zip against McCabe. Man, that thing survived until the end of the game, and it tied McCabe down for like I don't know two or three turns. I mean, they're expensive and they die pretty easily, but I mean, what can you do? And it, oh, I was I was going to say when you're talking about crutch models, yeah, I was a Neverborn player, so Serena Bowman was in in every single list. Say that one more time. I was in. Uh, so when I played Neverborn, I played Serena Bowman every single list, but. Um, R.A.P. Uh, Serena Bowman after the uh, weird punishment of that model. Yeah, I mean, she's a good mo- She surprised me because I didn't recognize that she ignored armor. So that got me the last time I played her. I was like, oh, yeah, she does have an attack. Dumb. Yeah, and I'm being a little overreactory. She she still is a, a pretty dang good model. Josh, the guy that was on the podcast uh, talking about Lynn, she's a friend of mine. And he believes that kind of buffed her in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's not bad. She's still good. Yeah. They kind of like side side graded her a bit, but like the loss of two health was just like, what are you, what are you doing? Like (laughs) what fix a model? Don't punish it. Like anyway, anyway, I I can be pretty spiteful and want to punish things. So I'm, I'm a little different with that. When something's busted and people bring it too much, I'm like, good, punish, punish it, destroy it. (laughs) So I wanted to ask you what, what is it that you like about Bayou? What what draws you to Bayou? Uh, it's just, I mean, I've always loved green skins. I've played orcs and goblins, and the the fluff of the Bayou is just it's it's ridiculous and amazing at the same time. And the models are just very. There's a lot of character to the models, even though they're like a lot of them are tiny, uh, and they kind of come at the game a little sideways, and it makes it interesting when you come across people that just either aren't expecting it or they don't know what the Bayou does and, and you just kind of do some weird things that they aren't expecting and win the day. There's nothing like it. Yeah. I think people expect it to be the joke faction. That's not actually good, but it's actually like super good. I mean, I think people recognize it's good. It definitely has a handful of weaknesses that it's a problem, but I mean, people know there's like masters that are props in Bayou and um, yeah, it's, it, it, you just have to be aware of it. I, I don't think anybody's like anymore is like, oh, Bayou's terrible, but they definitely have some weaknesses. One's like willpower is just terrible. Uh, a lot of their models are pretty squishy, so you can grind them out if you have the ability to. 
So that's kind of some of the problems I've noticed with Bayou, but uh, they also have, I think, a high ceiling. Like if you get a little luck and you hit, you hit the high end, a lot of times they can do some ridiculous things. It's a brilliant segue. I was actually going to ask you what you think their greatest weakness is. I was thinking about this and they don't have any anti-demise in the entire faction. Yeah, I mean, and they're not the only ones there. There's not a ton of anti-demise out of there. Uh, usually, I mean, 10 Thunders have it reliable, and then there's a couple of Masters that have it here and there. But yeah, Bayou is just like, yep, if you have Demise, we're... And that was the problem I had when I actually played against Cody. I was like, cool, I can kill Maxine too, but she's just going to come up wherever the hell she wants, and, and yeah. it, just, it wasn't going to end up well. So I had, I, I think turn three, I was just like, yeah, you got this, Cody. We'll just, you know, let's go get a drink or something. That, what was the score of that game? I was like 8-4, I think, 8-6 maybe. I think it was 8-4. Because you went like 8 every single game that tournament, right? Yeah, and I just, I was playing Somer 2, and I didn't, it was my like fifth game with the keyword, because I just, I was predetermined to drop that, uh, just because I wanted to see how it did in, in competitive play, and it was good. Uh, I shouldn't have dropped it, though, because of the board and the matchup, but, you know, you live, you learn. I was looking for, I'm looking forward to playing um, um, summer two. So uh, Bayou is like my favorite faction that I rarely play. So I, I really need to devote some more time to them. What do you think they're, if you had to say, what is What are they good at? What do you think their greatest strength is? Uh, Bayou is, I think actually Bayou is really good in this gaining grounds because Bayou's Bayou excels at removing markers. Uh, they just have a lot of tech and abilities that can just get rid of your stuff. So that's, that's kind of one of their strengths. I just, I also think their combinations can be a little ridiculous. So I'd say some of the combos you can get with some of the pieces really create for some interesting experiences. Um, those are probably the two biggest ones, though. So Lucky Emissary, is it, it, that's just an insanely good model. And they, they reward you with the big pain in the butt it is to assemble that thing by making it super good. Yeah, it's it's actually a, it's a cool model. I'm I'm really I was really excited when I painted it up. It is definitely challenging, but um, just take some practice and weird weird will make you good at assembling and painting models. Oh yeah, I've I've actually assembled almost every model in the game because I was assembling Danes for a long time, and um, so between his and mine, and between the two of us, mostly me, we almost have the whole game as well. <clears throat> just missing a few just missing like, I don't know, like maybe eight masters out of the, out of everything. So yeah. And Bayou was actually one of my first assembled when I, when we first got into Malifaux. So nothing like trial by fire. Yeah. Yeah. They're definitely like more like model kits. They're not really like gaming pieces. They're not big chonky boys like space Marines. <laughs> yeah. I broke, uh, I assembled rock. Oh my gosh. His gun just, you know, just shattered every time I clipped to try to clip it off the sprue. Yeah, I don't even have the pig on his gun. Yeah, the pig broke too. That's right, the pig broke. I should. I, I actually have the metal crew of that too because I for like I don't know twelve bucks on Amazon or something. I should just put that on. The, I actually have put him on the table before, just the metal version. Alrighty, Pete. Well, I appreciate you taking your time to um, talk to me about this stuff. I've been wanting to ask you about uh, how things went through the pandemic for you guys and the your your basement meta. But it sounds like you guys break out pretty pretty quickly which is nice yeah, um yeah just uh like i said malifaux is a good game where you can uh you can just it it's not it doesn't get boring to just play with two or three people so 
I mean, absolutely. It, I, I would just say find a good person that you don't mind hanging out with, and it's it's a great game to play with them. Oh yeah, I got exceptionally lucky because Dane is is you know we're we're very evenly matched. You know, if it were like. Uh, you know, now we're like evenly matched. Like if it's just one person always just destroying the other, that's, you know, that's, that's yeah. not funny. They're like, you know, the joy is supposed to be in playing the game. Right. But like just getting shut down as soon as, as soon as you flip a card, isn't fun either. Yeah. Yep. Alrighty, my friend. So I'll uh, thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. It, we'll definitely uh, have to do this again sometime. Yeah. My internet sucks too much for Squadcast, but every once in a while <laughs> I'll, I'll pick your brain about stuff. There you go. All right, buddy. Take it easy. You too.